And now, Canada Hoops, hosted by Maddie Ireland. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another episode of Canada Hoops. It's your boy, Maddie. We are grateful for your continued support. Because you all continue to download, like, and share us, we are able to reach 20 episodes of Canada Hoops. So today, to mark the 20th episode, I'm honored to welcome this guest to Canada Hoops. He is, in my opinion, one of the best hoopers to come out of Whitehorse, an all-star MVP, my backcourt mate, and my brother in basketball, Robin Urquhart. Rob, we appreciate you joining us on Canada Hoops. Hey, Maddie. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a fun conversation, and I was really looking forward to this, be able to share memories and, uh, you know, reflect on um, our time together through the game and where life is at for uh, – you know, each of us now, and, uh, you know, thanks again, man. Much love. Appreciate it. So, uh, Rob, how are things? What's life been like for you this last while? Um, you know, let our listeners know. I know we'll probably have a lot of former teammates and UConn people uh, probably listen to this, so just fill everybody uh, in on what uh, life's been like for you the last while. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> You know, honestly, everything's going pretty well. Like the world's a different place than it was a couple of years ago, thanks to the pandemic. Um, I it just happened around that time. My wife Fiona and I moved back up north, and the north is one of the best places to sort of weather this storm. You know, we're a bit more remote. We're a bit cut off. Um, we've all been vaccinated now, and for us, in a lot of ways, because we both work from home our life didn't really change that much. So we just feel, you know, we know that it's totally different in other places in the country, other places in the world. We just feel really grateful for where we are right now and sort of how our lives have been able to continue on. Yeah. And so you're back up in Atlin. Um, that's kind of the, the starting point for you in, in life. And uh, what are your, you're a building consultant. Yeah. Uh, science? Is that, is that what it so, is? Yeah, building science that. consultant, I guess you could say. Like, okay. uh, yeah, my yeah, it's it's kind of an odd title, I guess. It's not a really common one, but basically, uh, ever since I was a little kid, I was in love with buildings. And somewhere along the way, I don't know how, I sort of got tracked off in a different direction. And then when I was in my mid twenties, I came back to just building things. Moved to the Kootenays, built a house, uh, loved it. And so I had gone on another track towards environmental studies and, and natural resource management. And I decided to stop that. Um, and I went and did a master's in a field of engineering, essentially architectural engineering called building science. And so I did a, a degree in Toronto there. And then uh, ever since then, I've been working in this field called building science. And basically it's, it's like a specialization in building engineering and it looks at sort of the outside of the building. We call it the enclosure, but it's basically how buildings manage heat and water and air and stuff like that. Uh, 
but I just, I just love buildings. Like I've always loved buildings. I always love the tangible aspect of something I like to see projects come to life in front of my eyes. Um, I love using my hands, probably why I like basketball so much. Um, so it's, it's a good combination for me. It's like the academic and the, and the tangible all in one. So I love what I do. Actually, I really do. That's cool. And so, uh, and then Fiona's a writer, right? So that allows her to, you know, be at home, work at home and, uh, allows you to guys to sort of have that remote lifestyle. As well, yeah, right? totally. Um, and that came about really luckily, like we were both, we met, Fiona and I met in Toronto. Uh, while I was going to school and, uh, then we lived in Toronto for a little bit. Um, I was living in Toronto was a real awesome time actually, because I got to play, I got to play basketball in a bunch of different leagues. Um, and in one league, which was sort of a select league, uh, I was playing with a bunch of ex NBA players, um, which was the highest level of basketball that I ever played was, you know, being in my mid twenties in Toronto. Right. And it was a real trip. I realized, yeah. you know, as a kid, we always think like, Oh, I'm going to the NBA. And then you play with a bunch of ex NBA players. You're like, no, I was never going to the NBA. I had like five points a game and I was just having to right. be on the court, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we lived in Toronto for a bit and then we moved back to Vancouver so I could start working for an engineering company. And Fiona was working in the finance world. She she worked in really stressful finance jobs. We did that for a couple of years, okay. and then we uh, we were living on a sailboat, and we decided to sail it to Australia. And so that took a, a couple of years as well. And over that time, that's when Fiona started writing for magazines. And it just like it just both gave us this mental break in our lives up to that point. It's sort of like hitting a reset button or something. And she totally changed tack. No pun intended. And became and just started writing for sailing magazines and has been, you know, so much happier ever since the finance world wasn't the world for her. And for me, I just reinforced the, you know, I'm doing what I really like doing. And so when we came back, I just went sort of back to my regular job. But uh, but our lives were, you know, forever changed. That's when we moved up to Atlin was after that sailing trip. Atlin was never on the radar. We always thought we'd live in Vancouver or in a bigger place. Right. Well, that's uh, that's incredible, man. I love the the journey you've gone on, um, you know, both uh, individually and then obviously with Fiona. That's cool to hear. And uh, you know, you were always a man seeking adventure and looking for new things. So I'm not surprised by your journey this far. Um, you know, Rob, as we were growing up, you know, and forging our friendship, I knew you as a, a tremendous athlete. You were really diverse in your sports. Um, I just thought. Whatever you seem to try to play, you excelled at. But I'm curious, uh, as far as basketball, how did basketball really start to become, you know, your true focus, I guess, in terms of sports and and, and why hoops? Yeah, well, thanks for the compliment. I think, I don't actually think I am like a very naturally talented person. I think I just work really hard. Um, so whatever I do, I'm just going to put in like just the highest level of effort that I can. Because I, I don't think I'm, you know, particularly intelligent. I'm not particularly, you know, physically talented. I'll just work hard. And uh, that's gotten me, you know, as far as I've gotten in, in all of the things that I've done. But uh, whereas I think someone like you, you're actually a lot more naturally talented than I am. Because I remember when we were in grade seven, and this is when it, it was about this time that basketball really sort of, I was obsessed with basketball. I just loved, I loved the, the feeling of the basketball passing through the hoop. It's like one of those things, like you either get it or you don't, you know, and you just become almost obsessed with it. Every time it goes through the hoop, it's like this little endorphin rush. 
and you just you love it it's it's hard to explain but i loved it i played every sport that i could get my hands on because i had so much energy as a kid and uh basketball was just the one like as soon as as soon as the ball went through the the net, I was like, it's sort of like that scene from uh, He Got Game or something, that opening sequence with the like classical music playing. It's just the beauty of it. And you're just stunned. You're just like, yeah. holy crap, Like this is what yeah. I want to do. But I remember like early on, we were, so I grew up in a really small place, Atlin. We didn't even have basketball. My dad had played basketball in Toronto, so he was like a bit more uh, savvy to the game than I was. And... Uh, and we moved up to Whitehorse where I met you, grade six. But we didn't really play basketball because it was just, you know, it's just not, it's just, it was elementary school and you don't really do anything in elementary school except, you know, be a little crap. And we had our first game in grade seven, basketball game, and it was against FH Collins. I don't know if you remember this game. And uh, with the. I don't remember the game. I remember the game because because I realized I'm not very good at basketball in that game. That's when I realized. Cause so at, the score in the game was 62 to 41 for us, which so we were really happy. We'd won that game. Uh, but okay. you scored 42 points. So you had actually beaten FH Collins all by yourself. <laughs> and I'd scored nine, nine right. points or something. And then there was some chippings right. from everybody else to get us to the 62. And, uh, and I remember thinking like, holy crap, like every time you touch the ball, it just went in the net. I'm like, how do I get to that point? And that's, so that's when it was after that, that I asked my dad to build a basketball court in our backyard so I could just practice playing basketball so I could just get better. Uh, yeah. So it was around grade seven that basketball was just like, I decided, you know, that kind of work ethic that I've always had, I just decided that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put it into basketball. And from grade seven, I started charting on graphs, everything that I did, three point shots, like the height that I could jump, you know, layups with my left hand. Like I charted everything and put numbers to it so that I could see my own development. But it was, yeah, that's about the time. But I really remember that game because that's when I was like, basically I was jealous. I was like, why is Matt so good? Why am I so bad? How do I get better? <laughs> Well, I mean, I remember us starting and, and playing, uh, I guess that would have been, you know, what people would say junior high now. And, um, you know, I just remember, I just thought it was really cool that now we could play basketball in school. Cause like you said, elementary didn't have it. And that was a big thing going to Porter Creek was, uh, yeah, it's junior high and then it eventually goes to the high school, but now we can play basketball at school and kind of play for your school. That was a, a big deal in my eyes. And I remember uh, we always had the same group of kids doing that. And I just remember you always working hard, no matter what it was. And I think that speaks a lot to why your game really grew to where you could, you know, be the best player up there. And uh, I, I remember the pine dome and that I'm glad you brought up the court in the backyard. That's, I was trying to remember when, you know, your dad actually did that for you where he put the court in the backyard and, and what time, uh, you know, whether that was junior high or high school. So, um, you know, if we can, I'd like to kind of bring up the influence of your dad, Rob. And um, I know a lot of listeners will probably know that your dad, Doug, has since passed. And, you know, he did so much for us as kids in the community, uh, just having the court in the backyard. Everybody was always welcome. It was always a safe place for us to, to go play and hoop and it didn't matter. We could spend every day and into the night there. Um, you know, 
I know you've had a lot of time to think about the impact your dad's had um, on you specifically, but being his son and seeing the impact he's had on other kids like myself, other guys in the, in the neighborhood, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Man? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's hard. Like when you're a kid, you don't appreciate it as much. Like, I guess I, we did, we did like playing with my dad. You know, it was fun. He was always around. Like it was, you know, he was, we called him, I don't know if you remember, we called him rat boy because he was like so fast, right? He was I remember that guy and he'd always get up in yeah. your comfort zone and just be like, like a little rat or something. And he don't, he's, you know, he's so fast, but he's like five, six. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, when we built the, the pine dome, which to everyone who's listening is the little court that we had in my backyard, which had two hoops on it and it was paved. Right. My mom, my mom yep. was out of town visiting yep. her mom in San Diego, and we had a week to pay, basically pave this court before she got back. Because once it was paved, then she couldn't say anything about it. Was basically the idea. So we waited till she was gone, and then we hustled in there. And we got a little paving crew. We paved an asphalt court in the backyard. And when she came back, there were like two hoops. Yeah, it was the court was painted like you know it was it wasn't going anywhere. And that's what, and we I think you might have called it the Pine Dome. Actually, I'm sure you called it the Pine Dome. That was your name for it. Well, it might have might have been a collective uh, naming thing. I don't remember who named it, but uh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. but uh, my dad was great because he was the kind of guy who, like, if if you wanted to do something, if he could see that you wanted to do something, then he would try and make it happen. Like I remember my sister and I, we had to be really careful. Um, <laughs> he would oh, this one time he picked us up from school from Porter Creek, so. I guess I was in probably about grade eight, grade nine, I guess, because Katie was, yeah, grade eight. Katie was in grade seven. And he said, Where you, what do you guys want to do? We're just after school. And uh, we said, let's go to Skagway, which is like a three-hour drive, you know? And we're just getting picked up from school. We're supposed to go home. Yeah. And three hours later, we were in Skagway. <laughs> so, and then we realized, like, okay, like, we got to be careful because yeah. if we, what we wish for, we're going to get. So, you know, you got to wish for something that you actually want. And we had a great time in Skagway, but... It was just, that was my dad's attitude. Like, okay, there's like boundless enthusiasm. Like, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's do the most fun thing that we can think of. And he was great because he coached, like he was around for all of us. Um, you know, he was a good influence. He's a great guy. Uh, he coached a lot of my teams. He coached our soccer team when we were a little bit smaller, even before basketball. Uh, he coached basketball and he was just, you know, he would, he was just around. He would play with us all the time. It was just cool to have, that level of support, I guess, no matter what kind of trouble I got into, I knew my dad would always be there to like help me get out of it, you know? And, uh, and I didn't really even get in that much trouble, but, uh, but it was just cool. It was just like a super solid influence. And I think that you can take risks when you have that kind of backing, you know, you can just, you can work harder. You can you do a little bit. Yeah. It's just, it's nice to have that kind of influence in your life. How did, how, what, what, what kind of influence was he on your life? I never, Well, I just remember, you know, like, you know, many of our listeners uh, may not know, but, you know, and you know this, my dad raised uh, my brother and I by himself. And I think, um, you know, and he was doing that at a time when perhaps not a lot of single dads were, you know, doing that. And my dad himself was always, uh, you know, a steady influence just in terms of, you know, he was there for us period. And I just think, you know, 
without outright saying it, you know, he, he really appreciated, um, the fact that, you know, your dad was another positive influence in our lives and not just for me, but the other guys we played with, um, you know, Doug was a man you could count on in any aspect and, you know, we're not his sons, but we, you know, we counted on him for other things, you know, like, um, even if it's just like, Hey, good job, man good game or you know giving us a ride to practice or you know just picking his brain on anything in life and you know i think you know as you age and you get a little older and you you look at your own life and i know in my own situation being a a dad now too it's like you look back on these people in your lives and you're just truly fortunate to have them there and um you know so lucky and you know i think we don't get enough of that now. I think for a lot of youth, I think, um, you know, because of the way the world is, it's so busy and everyone's so focused on perhaps their own uh, goals and they don't really look at other people's goals and needs. And you go back to our time as kids, I think, you know, your dad was just willing to always help us and, um, be it, be a positive role model. I think, uh, you know, um, it saddened me to, to hear when, uh, he passed. I know um, my dad was deeply saddened to hear that too. And, uh, you know, I just, I want to really thank your whole family, you know, big shout out to, to everybody for just everything that, um, you know, your mom and your sister and then your dad that everyone's done. I just, you know, I wouldn't have changed any of that for the world. Mm, that's nice, man. Thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, no, of course. Uh, you know, I remember, um, and then that, that kind of touches just Porter Creek, just being a special community that way where we always had friends to play with. Uh, you know, we, we have the access to the Pine Dome. Uh, we had access to other gyms because of your dad. And then as we moved into junior and senior high at Porter Creek, I mean, those are some of my favorite memories in basketball. You know, we won four straight championships, beating other high schools who had players that, you know, we would run with every summer to represent the Yukon. Um, but and I know this is sort of like a loose question, but what are your thoughts about just that time in our lives where just, you know, we were total gym rats and then it was all about the hoops. Um, you know, what are your best memories of just being in Porter Creek and running together, man? Oh man, I have so many. Uh, we were gym rats. Like we, I had a, a key to the gym. Like I had my own special key the principal gave me because I was in there so much. They figured, well, you know, you may as well just go and live in there because, like, we can't get you out. I remember we spent a lot of time. We played a lot of basketball, and which was cool. It was a tight group of friends, and which was really meaningful to me because I think without basketball and without that group of friends, you know, I probably I wasn't the super most social kid. You were always a lot more social. Like, you were, like, the cool guy in school. And I was called always a bit nerdy and a little bit like not really understanding always the social dynamics. And so having basketball as an outlet for my energy, but also as like, you know, having guys, really good friends that you could really count on, you developed a relationship with over a long time uh, was really important for me. I think that made my whole high school career uh, a lot more enjoyable than it probably would have been if I didn't have that kind of outlet and and the kind of friends that we developed over that time. But I remember I mean, we, we had so much fun. Uh, I remember the first time that we sort of won our sort of our season 
championship when coach Mack was coaching us uh, was a really, that was a really special time because it was, it came down to the wire and we had to really dig deep and it was his birthday and, and you know, we won and that was like, it was a really special feeling. It was this feeling that like, you know, we, we'd done something. We tried really hard. We were a good group of friends and uh, it just felt like, let's just keep doing it. Let's, and 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 we did. We just kind of never really lost again after that. Not to brag or anything, but it's just like we played so much basketball together that we kind of knew where each other was on the court any time. Like we knew each other's personalities. Like we loved each other, you know. So pe- making that pass is easy because it's like your brother over there. So it's uh yeah, it was it was it was definitely a cool dynamic. What were your what were your reminiscences or your feelings on it? Well, I mean, like much the same and i just remember we were always like we were the young kids we were the young team we always had to play um because porter creek at the time was um transitioning into an actual high school from junior high so we were always playing like a grade up and a level up so to speak so we were always the young kids um and i remember that first time i I think it would have been grade nine and where we were um shoot we were beating teams with uh grade 10s and 11s on it maybe even grade 12s if i remember because we were playing fh collins um you know and just the pride that that came with that just being um young and and really taking it to these other teams because you're right we did we played a lot of hoops together man and we um you know we were always together off the floor and if we were off the floor so to speak we were probably playing basketball at some outdoor park or at the pine dome and we did know each other and we just i didn't see a lot of other kids so to speak from the rest of the city doing that and then we had our core group of guys out of porter creek that were just doing that and i think that's why that allowed us to to win and have success and, and grow talent and have guys um you know, represent uh, the Yukon every summer at a national level. And, you know, I just remember starting to get coached by Paul Boutra too and just uh, having that influence because he was the first guy uh, that coached us. Um, you know, your dad was always there helping, but we talked about Coach Mac coaching initially, but then um, Mac was a teacher and then Paul's not a teacher. He comes in. Um, we'd have a later start for practice time because he'd have to finish up work. And then this is a guy that's doing a, a lot for us and committing a lot of his time to, to coach us, uh, after he works and comes in and, um, he demanded hard work, you know, and he was kind of stoic. He didn't get too upset, but you knew what you were getting with them. And, you know, you had to work hard for coach Boutra and I don't think he gets enough credit, so to speak up there in terms of the basketball community. Um, I wonder if you can maybe reflect on Boutro a little bit. Yeah. Boutros, Boutros, we call them. Because that, that was the governor. Yeah, yeah. The UN at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I love Paul Boutro. He was a great influence. He was doing it uh, for us. Like he was, like you said, he didn't even have, a, he didn't have a kid in school. Like it wasn't like his son was there on our team. He was doing it because he saw, like he, he enjoyed coaching. He enjoyed being a, a positive influence in young guys lives and he was definitely that for us he was super solid and what i really loved about him is he didn't like things might go wrong in a game might get a foul that wasn't called for or something 
and he'd, you know, he'd abdicate for us, but he never freaked out. Like he was a really calm guy. And I, I really appreciated that about him. And in practice too, like he never made you feel lesser than he was always supportive. He was always just helping us try to get better. Kind of like the same. We're lucky. We're just lucky in a way that we had so many good influences in our lives of like really stable guys. Uh, Coach Brady, another one, like, like just really solid role models. Oh, like, yeah. and it's, you know, we, are, maybe we're at the point in our lives where we are, you know, enjoying our lives, feeling, you know, pretty good about how things turned out because we had these really positive influences. You know, they taught us how to be, you know, men in the world in a way they're all, they're all really, really good guys. Uh, Paul Boutreau was one of them and, and Paul, yeah, he probably doesn't get enough credit, but except with Porter Creek, like there's, I, I don't know. Cause I didn't do my last year at Porter Creek, but you guys obviously won the championship that year too. But that was like five years in a row of championships or something like from grade nine on, we never lost. Like we, we won the senior championship from grade nine all the way through. Um, and that was, you know, that was partly because we're such good friends. We played a lot of ball and because Lutra was a good coach. Yeah, I remember, um, like, situations would be happening during a game. And he'd call you over, call me over. And uh, I guess we were, quote, unquote, the, the leaders, so to speak. But because we were the backcourt guys, he was just, he would just really quietly say, okay, enough's enough. Let's go win this game. Like, you know. Let's, let's take it to them. Like, you know, we'd be struggling. We'd have little moments in the game where whatever, a couple turnovers, he said, okay, enough's enough. Let's go do this, right? And then that switch was to, uh, flicked on. And, and, you know, I just remember him just being calm with that, like you said, and just saying, okay, it's go time, fellas. Let's go do this, you know. And um, I just want to wrap up a little bit of Porter Creek. Uh, you didn't finish your grade 12 year. And, uh, you know, you played at Brentwood Academy on Vancouver Island. Um, how did that decision come about? Was that a, a tough decision to make as a family for you all? Yeah, it was. Um, the decision wasn't basketball related at all. I really like playing with Port Creek. But you remember at the time, like we didn't have that many games in a season. There just weren't that many teams to play. I remember we had like four or six right. games in a season. Like it just, you know, it felt, it just wasn't, it felt like we were just practicing all the time. And then we always had the rep teams in the summer where we, you know, it was a little bit more full on, but I just like, part of it was I really wanted to play like 30 games in a season. I thought that'd just be so fun. And so, right. uh, you know, a, a school down right. South offered that, but also I felt like I wasn't, you know, I've always had a very sort of academic side, I guess. And, and I always, I wanted more, uh, I wanted to be a bit more challenged. I wanted to see at this school, I could take like, uh, you know, the advanced level courses that were basically prep university prep courses. That's really why I went down there. I really wanted to just start really focusing on, I wanted to, I wanted to do really well in academics and see where that was. I always knew I was going to go to university and study something. So I wanted to see what that was going to turn into. It was a hard choice because I remember, uh, our friends, our good buddies, the Talsmas, Jack Talsma, he went to Brentwood. That's how I knew about it. And he always had really good things to say right. about his experience there. And uh, and so I, I basically petitioned my parents. Like I found out all the info and I said, this is something I really want to do. And it was freaking expensive. Like it was way out of the budget of our family. And that's what that's what was I knew was really hard. I didn't know how much it cost, but I said, it's something I want to do. So they looked into it, something like $23,000 a year. 
Like we were not the kind of family who had that kind of money to just throw around. And so I knew immediately, I was like, no, okay, well, anyway, thanks for looking into it. Like $23,000 is insane. There's no way I'm going. And my dad and mom were like, no, if this is, you know, if you really do want to go, this is totally fine. We can make this work. And, uh, and I felt really torn because I really did want to go, but I knew there was a big commitment and a bit of sacrifice for my parents to be able to do that. Um, in the end I went and it was an, it was a really good decision for me. Like it, it definitely propelled me on to some of the other stuff that I've done. Um, I did miss playing basketball at Porter Creek, but it was, it was really interesting playing down South, playing in, in larger schools and yeah, just seeing how, how I compared to the sort of the rest of the country in that sense. Yeah. I, I actually maybe don't, remember so much about your last season down there because we didn't get a chance to connect so much uh when you were there um what was the competition level like was it was it eye-opening in terms of a the amount of games and now you're you're playing in a province where you know there's deep basketball history and a lot of great players you know what was what was that season like for you on the court uh it was fun it was uh so i went down there as the new guy as the only person like coming into a private school in grade 12 is hard anyway and then coming on the team um just because because of my work ethic a little bit people just you know just sort of lead a a little bit by example like i was just always going to outwork everybody always going to be try and be fastest down the court always be hustling back so within three weeks i i was made the captain of that team anyway i think just because i was working so hard um and then it was a great season it was the best season that brentwood had had up to that point um i made the all-star team for the island and uh i found the competition like it was great playing that many games and the competition was pretty good but it wasn't it wasn't so dissimilar from up in the yukon like we were it turned out we were actually playing good basketball in the yukon so i went down there and i was you know one of the better players down there as well so um yeah it was just it it just kind of it was a testament to how much time and effort we put in in a small place, like to develop that kind of skill with only having four games a season versus like what they're doing down in, in the South where there's a lot more games and a lot more camps that you can go to. Uh, you know, the level was pretty similar for the size of school. I think Porter Creek could have done pretty well, maybe won, won the championship down there as well. But it was fun. It was great for me. Wow. I remember. Oh, yeah, and then you know, I just, I just go ahead. The, so the very this is just a funny memory. I just remembered it, but um, yeah, with our very our we had like in a in a private school, it sort of feels like like for us growing up north, like big high schools are kind of I always associate them with like American movies or something like that. And this school was kind of like that. It's a big school and had a lot of money. Right. So we had a, I think it's called a prep pep rally. Yeah, it was a pep rally. And we had a cheerleading squad and stuff like that. So we're running around the court. We're supposed to run around the court in advance of the, the, our arch rival, Shawnigan Lake. They're never another private school. And they're about like, uh, you know, 20 kilometer driveway or something. And uh, so this pepper, it's a big deal. Like you want to win this game and the, and the whole school comes out because they have to, like, they're not even allowed not to come out, you know? So you have, you know, four or 500 kids in the bleachers watching, cheering. And it's just this big scene. I felt like I was in a movie and I had to run out at first because I was the captain of the team. And I was, uh, I was so nervous that like, instead of just jogging out, I was like, I sprinted and I outpaced the whole team. So it was just basically me running around the gym by myself. 
And uh, I was going so fast that when I tried to turn in the corner, I uh, I slipped and skid, skidded uh. on my knees and burnt burnt the knees out of my tearaway pants. <laughs> you know, remember tearaway pants? You used to be able to like rip them off and you have your shorts on your Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I melted the knees in my tearaway pants. Yeah. But I was able to sort of like recover a little bit, spring back up to my feet. So everybody thought it was like a move or something. Like I was sliding in front of the crowd on my knees or something and then popping up to my feet. But like I'd actually melted part of my tearaways into my knees because I was going so fast. And uh, yeah, anyway, we won that game. But I just remember being like, this is such a different scene. I was so nervous. But, uh, but it was a fun experience. That's a great story, man. Appreciate you sharing that. Uh, and also, I just wanted to touch on real quick, kind of wrapping up um, the high school years. In 1998, you attended the Nike All Canada Camp, and then the year, uh, the summer after, the Adidas Best in the West Camp. Um, what were those camps like uh, in terms of uh, level of talent, and, and just having that opportunity to be there? And, was it uh, really eye-opening? Yeah, the, both both of them were pretty eye-opening. The All-Canada camp uh, in Toronto was a little, it was the first sort of like nationwide camp that I'd gone to. And uh, that was that was a bit more eye-opening than the Adidas one because I'd already, you know, by the time I went to the Adidas one, I'd been to the Nike one. It was cool because Nike sponsored the whole camp. They gave you everything you needed, your whole kit, shoes and everything. You felt, it felt really, you know, right felt cool like it felt like you were doing something but the level of competition was like intimidating for sure i remember uh i remember i was being guarded by this one guy who ended up being a really good player but he was only in grade 10 so he you know he had to be pretty good at, to be in this camp in grade 10 almost everybody was a senior in this camp and he was and right. so i didn't know that he was so good um so i tried to break him down and i got by him uh which was lucky for me more than anything um then he was young right he's a little guy and then i pulled up at the free throw line and there was this guy who was maybe six seven or something he was miles away like he was like i could barely see him he's like another you know district and so i'm like though i'm wide open and i took my shot right and he bounced it like he rejected it so hard it bounced in front of me and over my head again i, th- I didn't think he was close uh so it was just like holy smokes like I've got to, I got to start playing a little bit differently. Um, yeah, that was a that was a big eye opener. There were a lot of good players there. There were players that went on quite a few players. You know, it's it's Canada's big development camp, so there were players that went on to Div One schools and play in Europe and NBA and stuff like that. So it was it was a it was a really cool experience. Um, it, I was really fortunate to have the opportunity to go. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, well, let's let's get into our time playing for the Yukon. So we always, uh, you know, had the opportunity to represent the Yukon uh, every summer in between uh, high school seasons. And, uh, you know, we got to play in some great tournaments all over Canada, even Alaska. Um, you know, what moments from those times together stand out for you? And maybe, you know, we touched on uh, Coach Brady, but uh, playing for Coach and uh, some of our other teammates and some of those those tournaments and those summers you got any uh memories that stand out for yeah you? yeah tons of memories it was it, those that team was so fun to play on coach Brady was great because he uh he he was a really good coach he always reminded me a lot of Peter Jackson like I, I actually only I always see them as like the same person yeah, yeah. pretty much <laughs> 
Um, he's he's good. He's calm. He's like a yeah, deep, yeah. deep soul guy. Like he's got a lot of uh, you know. He he tries to understand the human psychology, um, which I really appreciate. And and he let us be, you know, be guys too. Like I remember. He didn't keep super close tabs on us. He knew we were good kids and we weren't going to get into tons of trouble. And so he gave us a little bit of freedom. It wasn't, it didn't feel like he was a, you know, a policeman on our trips. Like he let us have fun and then we'd go and play basketball. And I think some, a lot of the memories of that time right. playing on those teams, because we lost some pretty, we lost pretty badly in a lot of those games. We were just small, you know, we we're just from a small place. We won some games. We, I remember getting beaten by like a hundred points by bc one time that's demoralizing yeah um a lot of the memories are good memories from playing like games that we did well and um but even that loss to bc that was a you know you just you pick yourself up you realize that that's about as bad as it's ever going to get and so you just keep moving and so those those losses always teach you something too but for me a lot of the memories were actually out off the basketball court it was just hanging out with the guys in the hotel room just being, you know, young guys and and having fun and being in new places. I remember this is a story against for you. I don't know if anybody, if you're going to want me to tell it, I'll tell it anyway. We uh, we tried chewing to oh chewing God. tobacco for the first time. Do you remember that? One of the talls must had it no. for sure. <laughs> and uh, and and you and I, because we were man, we were pretty good kids. Like we didn't step out of line too much. And so we'd never tried chaw before. So they taught us how to put it in our lips and stuff like that. And it there's like fiberglass in your lips and it sort of cuts up the inside of your lip. I thought it was horrible. Um, and then I noticed yeah. that they were spitting into water bottles. So I started spitting into a water bottle too, just to be cool. Like I didn't really know. And, and uh, I didn't notice that you weren't spitting into a water bottle. And I remember I was gotten yeah, <laughs> after about like 15 minutes, we looked over and your face was pretty much green because you'd been swallowing this stuff the whole time. And, uh, and then you, you, I remember you having to go to the bathroom and you were pretty sick for a little while. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't remember that. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm surprised I don't remember that either. I'm not, Maybe you uh, blocked it. I'm not much one for the tobacco. You blocked it from your memory. It's too <laughs> Maybe, painful, yeah. but we just laughed. <laughs> Well, I, I remember those times too, just off the floor and, you know, having those memories, uh, you know, with the guys, cause it was, it was a unique situation where, you know, we were playing with guys representing the, the territory every summer, but then, um, you know, we were trying to beat the pants off them in the winters in our high school season. So it was always like, um, competitive with them. And then we had to come together in the summers and, and compete and represent the Yukon and, um, uh, you know, I want to bring up one memory that really stands out. Um, it's nineteen ninety eight. It's the Arctic Winter Games, uh, so it's not a big national tournament in terms of Canada, but the Arctic Winter Games are a big deal for anyone in the north. And uh, we're playing in Yellowknife, and you and I were young. We were like sixteen. I think we had just turned sixteen. And, you know, we're playing with eighteen, nineteen year olds because that was the uh, age level. And I just remember being really confident in that tournament at that time because we were, you know, you and I were getting a lot of minutes as the young guys um, and we played well. But I just remember always feeling like I'm doing this with Robin. Like I'm doing this with him. This is my brother. And, um, you know, that gave me a lot of lift. I thought like, you know, I could always play well because you were there. And it was, 
you know, a memory that always sticks out for me where, you know, I felt like we were starting to really make our my, make our mark as uh, players for the, the territory at a young age. But because you were there, it was easy to do. And, uh, you know, you fast forward two years later to the Arctic Winter Games in Whitehorse in 2000, and then you couldn't play because you were down in Brentwood. And then I just vividly remember feeling like, man, you know, I was I was disappointed. I felt like Robin needs to be here uh, to enjoy this. And, um, you know, it didn't feel the same without you, even though we won. And I just remember seeing your parents in the stands at every game. Like, they weren't – they didn't miss a game. You weren't there. You weren't playing in the tournament. But that goes back to, uh, you know, how they felt uh, about us all as kids and, you know, being in the neighborhood. And um, that's something I'll never forget, just those, those memories there. Um, you know, do you do you have any memories from just like the? Do you remember the two thousand one Canada Summer Games much? Because that was like our last run together uh, as a group. Do you have memories from that tournament, especially? Yeah, I do. I remember. I remember. Well, you talked about it with Coach Brady on one of your recent podcasts, um, where I remember especially our very last game because we knew it was our very last game, and. Uh, and it was just sort of coach pulled us aside and, and just told us to enjoy it. Like it's, um, we probably weren't going to win that game. It was maybe a close game anyway, but, um, but just to like, you know, we had this sense that what we had experienced over the course of our lives, our, our sort of high school lives, our basketball lives was something quite nice and special. Like it was a really, it was in a lot of, in a lot of ways, it's just really pure. Like I don't, I don't, I don't really have any bad memories from that time. It was just super fun. We were just, it was just being surrounded by your best friends doing, playing a sport that you love to play with a bunch of like very cool older you know role models. Like I just don't, I don't know. It was just, it's like a really pure time. And to be able to recognize that in the time was really special at the, the Canada summer games. I think, was that against Newfoundland? Was that our last game? Or was it Manitoba? If I remember correctly, and, and coach talked about this too. No, I think it was against Nova, Nova Scotia. Scotia. Oh, that's it. Yeah. And that was um, a close one. what stands, what stands out is, yeah, we, well, we make a run and um, they were coached by Steve Kanchowski that summer, you know, who's a legendary uh, coach in Canada. He just actually retired from coaching. And, uh, man, Coach K was starting to get choked because we were starting to make a run. And the only reason we were making a run run was because you were curling off screens at the three and you were just, like, pumping threes in, man. I don't know if you remember that. I remember it. And I just remember thinking, like, Rob is drilling it and we have a chance to get back into this because of your play. and. Coach mentioned that uh, in his episode too. I mean, that memory, I'll never forget it. You were just, you were unconscious for a bit there. And, uh, you know, their coach is getting pissed off and he's getting upset with his players. And, yeah, that's the UConn. Like, what's going on here? You know, and, and yeah, and, uh, and, and, and Coach Brady just let us run and try to get back into it. And then, um, you know, gave us that moment together. Uh, because it was our last time together, you know, I think, you know, my overall memories from just playing together every summer, you know, it's a lot of off the floor stuff, but it's just having to work really hard, you know, for those two or three months, almost four months playing different tournaments. Um, 
you know, to have, sometimes having two, uh, two practice sessions a day and um, just the sense of brotherhood we have and just being part, part of that fun, special group. You know, not everybody got to do that. We worked for it. Uh, we got to be exposed to a lot of cool things. Um, I remember watching the national team before they went to Sydney uh, in the uh, Olympics there and in Vancouver and getting to see Steve Nash. And just, I think that was really the start of my passion for Canada basketball and Canadian players. And that was, you know, just great memories, man. I just, you know, it's, it's been fun to reflect back and kind of been able to do that through the course of the podcast now and think about what the games meant to me and just those connections and those relationships. Cause that's what's matter. I mean, look at us now we're, you know, it's 20 years later and it's being able to still connect and, and, you know, share memories and share stories. And that's, I think that's special. I think that's what the game does for you. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah, no, without a doubt. It's, uh, it's been a massive influence in our lives all for the better, you know, kept us out of trouble when we were young, gave us good role models, gave us good friends. Yeah. It's been, it's been a real positive experience. Do you play basketball anymore? Yeah, so that kind of leads in. Uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm hooping still. Like, I mean, this last year with the pandemic, no, but uh, I'm playing in a, a pretty good uh, men's league uh, in Calgary, and um, got kind of hooked up with a really good group of guys. And um, yeah, we play once a week. It's men's, but it's still pretty competitive. Like a lot of guys, um, you know, everyone's a lot older now, but everyone. A lot of guys in the the league have played, you know, college or university, and uh, so yeah, the game is still, you know, I'm trying to keep it a uh, a part of my life, I guess. And then, uh, you know, I didn't get to play for a few years. I was just kind of busy with other things, and kind of came back to it and just realized what the game meant to me. And um, you know, it's just uh, you know a little personal thing. Like the last couple of times I went out to see my dad, you know, he was in the hospice, and it was you know, he was getting his affairs in order and, you know, there wasn't much more for the doctors to do. And, um, so we would hang out and we would chat and just talk about a lot of life stuff. And then, um, you know, the second last or the story, the last time I was with them, he was kind of pretty much, uh, just sleeping. Right. And, uh, you know, I went to go shoot, man. I went to the university in Kamloops and I'm like, I'm going to get some shots up, you know, and just have a sweat. And just think about what the game has been like, you know, and, uh, you know, it's something that I can always kind of go to, whether it's um, following a story or having that conversation with somebody on here about the game and what the game has done for them in their life or, um, you know, it's uh, it's been a big part of our lives. And I, you know, um, is it there for you much anymore? Like, I know you, you're kind of like the Dosakis man, you know, you're a man of culture and different pursuits and passions, but is the game something you reflect about much? Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't get the opportunity to play that much anymore. It's not really a court in Allen uh, to play on, so it's really limiting in that way. Right. But I had this experience, well, uh, right. just jumping back to your dad, I thought, you know, I was really sorry to hear about your dad's passing, and I really saw your dad as a really solid guy too. He did a. He had a lot of pressure raising you two guys and working full time job and stuff. And 
And uh, I, I always thought he was a really solid guy. And I think that was a testament to, you know, your, you, how you turned out as a testament to sort of the effort he put in as a father. Because I think things could have turned out a little bit differently. I know kids who came from backgrounds sort of a bit more like like your background. Who, you know, you always were super well adjusted. You were always nice to everybody. Um, you were like a cool guy at school. Everybody could count on you. And you could have been like a super angry guy. You could have been, you know, acting out, being a jerk and stuff. Um, you weren't for whatever reason, might be genetics or something, might also be your dad, you know, stuff that your dad was able to do for you. But, uh, you know, I also just want to recognize that you, uh, yeah, you were always a really good guy. But, but, but back to the... Appreciate that, man. I mean, uh <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna. I was gonna say, uh, where's basketball for me right now? Speaking of our fathers, like when my dad passed away, I I played one on one with him a couple of weeks before he passed away, and all, ever since we were little kids, like oh. I always played basketball oh. against him. The first time I beat him, the toonie had just come out, yeah. and he made a little medal for me out of the toonie, drilled a hole in it, and I got a little medal, which I you know I always kept. Uh, I think I was about 14 the first time I beat him, like legitimately beat him till it, it was, you know, it was, I had clearly beaten him. And then ever since then we had handicaps. So I would, uh, I wouldn't be allowed to catch my own rebounds. And then, you know, and it just kept getting more and more as he got older and I got bigger to the point where like all his points were with triple points and I couldn't, you know, I had to use my left hand only. And so two weeks before he passed away, we were playing basketball still, we were in Arizona and uh found some little court and we used to do that all the time we'd go to like any little place that we went to traveling we always had a basketball and we'd always go find the little court somewhere yeah. and we just play against the guys who were there we met so many cool people that way cool it was such a fun experience and i would do that again like traveling with a basketball is one of the freaking easiest ways to meet people and form friends and get to know a place better so we were playing at this little court and there's just the two of us. So we played one-on-one and even with all the handicaps, I beat him. Like it wasn't, he was, he was noticeably slower. So I would, I thought, you know, well, maybe, you know, at some point my dad's not going to be around anymore. So I really, I really just sort of relished that moment and relished the win. Cause it's always nice to win. And, uh, but just, you know, it, I felt complete with him when he passed <laughs> yeah. away. And then this last summer, we have uh, a little cabin in the bush. And of course in this cabin, we have a little basketball hoop up there and we have like a little basketball that we take out and it's like mostly deflated and stuff. But I remember growing up up there and just playing against my dad all the time. And we trash talk each other a lot. Like that was one of the fun parts about it. Like every, it was just beaking the whole time. And so I was out there this summer and I found the little basketball. Oh, I'll just go and play on this. It's like a tin pail nailed to a tree with a piece of plywood behind it. You know, it's like it's in the middle of the bush. So it's kind of just, you shouldn't yeah. even have a hoop out there. Yeah. And so I was just, I just started shooting around and then I just pretended I was playing against my dad and just trash talking him. And I like, it was, it was so there for me in, in my memory. Like it's so ingrained that like it really felt like he was there and I was playing against him. You know, if I was a more fanciful person or something, I'd say that they that you know I was playing against my dad, but I, I wasn't. But it was just I was that memory so deep that uh, I have that memory now from last summer of like playing against my dad. That's awesome, man. Uh, that that pulls on my heart, and uh, you know, I know. Uh, Anyone listening that knows you and knows your dad is going to appreciate that story. So we appreciate you sharing that, my brother. Um, 
I wanted to know how, so I know you're, you're in Atlin and I don't know how much you can kind of keep track, but, uh, are you able to kind of see what's going on with the basketball community in Whitehorse? Do you get a, any kind of idea on that much? Or do you talk to, uh, I think of a couple of the guys that we used to play with and, and I know coaches still doing a lot for the community there, but, uh, do you know anything about any of the players or any of the, the talent that's coming out of there right now? I don't know a ton. I follow Coach Brady's Wolf Pack, like on Facebook. So I see his players and what they're up to and the drills right. they're running. And they're developing right. some some real talent. Like I think they would, you know, as much as we probably hate to admit it, they probably beat the pants off us now. Like not, I mean, now for sure, because we're older guys. But, um, you know, even back in our day and our prime, I think these kids yeah. are probably better now. Um, so it's fun just to see the development. I uh, like Whitehorse has a really cool scene. They've got a lot of, it's a, it's a more diverse scene now. I think that's really great. It's, it's really nice to see everybody out playing basketball. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's great. I, and beyond that, I don't, you know, living Atlin's only an hour and a half away, but it feels like it feels farther. What I'd love to be able to do is get up and I'd love to be able to play in a men's league or something. I think I know there's a men's league going on in Whitehorse. So. It would, have been, it would be cool to be able to do that. I don't know if that's it. I'm, surpri- <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised some of the uh, the guys that are still back home haven't reached out to you and say, hey, man, we need a sniper. Come come play. Man. <laughs> I don't think they'd want me anywhere. You know? like, I, and they have, actually. Yeah, they've, I've, I've definitely been invited to come up and play with them, which is nice. And, and just to pick up games Saturdays, sometimes they do pick up games. Um, which I'd love to do, but you know, honestly, like I'm probably, I'm probably just horrible now. I haven't, I play on tiny little hoops and you know, I, I, maybe it wouldn't take so long for it to come back. Sort of like riding a bicycle, but I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I'd be pretty rusty at this point. Kind of reminds me when I, when I went to the, it, bro, you could go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, uh, it's just, it like, I, I have this feeling that it might be when I first tried out for a university team, I went out to Queens because uh, that's where I wanted to go to school because it's a good, good school for academics. And they had a, a good basketball team. They did really well in the in the Canadian league earlier. So I went out there and I went to try out for the basketball team. And I just met with the coach because I'd sort of done well in BC. So I could just meet up with the coach. He was just going to give me a run through and sort of see how I was. Like I had a, the, the way these things worked back then, I don't know if it's still like that, but you send a promotional video basically of yourself. So I'd had someone had filmed me playing games and like stitched it all together and you send off your like little film, your audition tape or whatever. So I went and, and, and ran with the coach there and my first shot, I came out and I was on the baseline. It was maybe like a 15 footer or something. And obviously I was nervous, but um, I missed that shot by like two feet. Like it was just this like massive air ball. <laughs> and he just caught him. It almost okay. hit him in the head because he was standing close enough to the hoop, but he was expecting it for, to rebound. He's going to kick me the rebounds or something. But it, like I was so far off and almost knocked him out. He just caught it and passed it back to me. But if, I kind of have that sense that like that's maybe what I'd be like now <laughs> if I went and tried. I think I'd be I'd be chucking up a few air balls. No, I think uh, for you it'd be like riding a bike. And I think if you kind of went back into a gym and. You know, he got into a, a league back home, and I think he would put, uh, put a lot of guys on notice. They'd be like, who's this shaggy-haired, bearded guy coming in here? And then next thing you know, you're dropping 20 on them. So I think the game's probably still there. Um, 
Can we just do some uh, fun random questions? Sure. Yeah? Can we get into like just some fun? Uh, I got a couple. All right, man. Uh, in your opinion, who is the greatest basketball player of all time? Oh, Michael Jordan. It's not even a competition to me. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry to all the LeBron. It's funny how out there. <laughs> well, it's funny when you hit a certain age. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that never saw Mike play, and so I know for us, I mean, he was at the heyday, and I agree, Mike's the best. I I, I don't want to hear any LeBron love. Tired of it? Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's so many great players. Um, Hard to tell, right? Out of context, is- I guess. Oh wait, this is rapid fire. Never mind. Go ahead. Next question. <laughs> no 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 that's all man you go man you want you want to give feedback go ahead well i just you know like mike was playing at the okay. time it was just it was a slightly different game like maybe if you put mike in today's game it wouldn't michael jordan it wouldn't you know it might not look quite the same all of these things are context dependent like gratsky too like look at what gratsky did but if you put him in today's game i don't know maybe it would like he might not be averaging like he had insane numbers so did michael jordan at the time like if you put Will Chamberlain in today's game, he's not going to score a hundred points in a game, right? It's all context dependent. So I can see arguments for people making, you know, making the case that LeBron or, or Kobe or some of those guys might be might be up there too. But for us, for sure, growing up in the '90s, it was Michael Jordan, no, no doubt. Absolutely. Uh, who is the best player you've played against? Oh, that's a good question. Holy. Is there a, a, a guy that stands out? You know, there are a few. Like, there's definitely some uh, some Canadian players, like in the sort of the all-Canada, like the Canadian national games, stuff like that. There was this kid. Do you remember this guy, Witt Hornsberger? That guy was he, he was an unconscious three-point shooter. That He was really good. I don't know what ever happened to that guy, but. I was because I had to guard him, right? So, and I couldn't. Clearly, he just scorched us. Um, yeah, that guy was really good. Another guy, Dan Batiki from BC. He was a he was a really stellar player. I don't know what happened to him. And then in Toronto, um, yeah, there was a bunch of guys who went on to the NBA who were obviously like super good. But I remember playing. I never knew the guy's name, yeah. but we. My grandmother used to live in San Diego, so I'd go and play in the courts in San Diego. She lived in a rough area, like sort of the roughest area of San Diego, which is where the best basketball was played, which was lucky for me because I went to the basketball right. court there. And every time I went, they'd steal my basketball and I had to come with a new basketball every time. But they let me play anyway. And there were some guys there that were insane. They were just, I don't think they, you know, for whatever reason they had, you know, going on in their lives, they probably didn't go and play college or anything like that but they were insane. Like they could touch the top of the backboard. Um, guys just like incredible talent. Um, you know, I have no idea what happened to any of those guys. Maybe some of them went on, but I have the sense that some of them didn't. And they were, they were the best players I ever played against. Right. Well, you mentioned uh, Wade Hordenberger. I do remember him. He had played for Saskatchewan. And then he actually played at UFC here in Calgary, and he was playing with the Dinos through his uh, university career. And then I do remember uh, Danny Botiki there for BC. He was a hell of a player as well. So I definitely remember those guys. Uh, Who sticks out in your mind? Being a man of culture and that yeah. I played against. 
that we that we played against? Oh man, good question. I don't get a lot of questions on here. Uh, <laughs> well, do you remember like the Alberta guys were always really tough, like Steve Sir, Jermaine Buckner, uh, when we were playing. That kid was um, wow. He had it dialed in. So yeah, he could. He's still playing. He's he's representing Canada in the FIBA like three on three stuff, and actually, uh, they're gonna hopefully qualify for the Olympics this summer. And then he plays with in that three on three format. He plays with a guy Kyle Landry, who I had on the podcast early on as well. Uh, Kyle's a, a Calgary guy, so the Alberta guys are still uh, hooping. Like Jermaine Buckner is still hooping overseas, man. Um, he's still playing, man, and. Uh, so I just remember those Alberta guys being really tough, and then they did well in all the national tournaments as we were uh, playing all those summers as well. So those guys stand out. Um, so, yeah, I'll give you Steve Sir, Jermaine Buckner. Those guys, uh, man, they were super yeah. tough. You just knew they were going to play a, play a lot of hoops and play at the next level, right? So, um, What do I got for a question here? Being a man of culture and travel, What's your favorite locale you've been to? Huh. It's it's a fun question. I want to have a cooler answer than what I'm going to say. But, like, honestly, it's right here. I love it here. This is one of the most beautiful places in the world. Yeah. Like, it's stunning. It's We go out. We went out for a walk yesterday, and we just you, – you get outside, and you just can't believe this is actually where you live. Like, it's it's as beautiful as any place I've ever been in the world. But – you know, recently, like we've been to what people consider paradise on our own sailboat, like with as much freedom as you can have in paradise in Fiji and Tonga and Samoa, right. Cook Islands. And uh, and they're cool. They're really beautiful. But I still think that the north is the it's just the best place in the world. That's awesome. I mean, you're a north northern boy and I know you've been a, in a lot of great spots, but I. I love that you're still giving love to uh, to home, man. Great answer. Um, okay, you get a day totally free of any commitments, responsibilities. The day is wide open. What are you and uh, Fiona doing for the day? Fun. That's a great question. Uh, well, I'll give you – so in chronologically, I guess we wake up have coffee in bed and read the news. That's something we like to do together. Then we have two Siberian Huskies that require yeah. a lot of attention. And uh, so we'd definitely be trying to organize a, around a walk for them. So I guess, uh, yeah, we'd, we'd try and organize some sort of big hike. Um, maybe go for, we were pretty into rock climbing or ski touring in the winter. So I do a rock climb in the evening. It's kind of a nice time to be outside come back have a nice make a nice meal uh chill out probably watch uh watch some netflix or something like that it's funny like you know if we if we just have a day just yeah. with nothing you don't have to do anything it's not a super ambitious day you, you find out that's you're doing what you really like to do and it's you know for us it's actually pretty low-key like hiking in in nature is 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 the thing that we like most at the moment which is why we live here too we have we can walk out our back door straight into the forest and uh, that's really important to us. So that's, that's what we do if we choose to. What about you? What's your, what's your day without commitment? Oh man. 
You're grilling me, man. I'm all <laughs> uh, you know, you know what, man? Like if if um if we can get a day all together, I'm not working, Vicky's not working, um and it's just kinda free freewheeling, man, no real plans and we just kinda you know, hang out as a family and um we like to do movie nights as a family. We had one last night. Uh, what did you watch? So yesterday was sort of a good day for that. Uh, Aislinn picked a movie, man. It was called The Witches. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and that, that that involves me sleeping. The girls are watching the show, but I fall asleep on the couch. But, no, it's, uh, so, yeah, that, that that's a great day. That's just, you know, or, um, we'll get out, you know, we're pretty close to some good, uh, somewhat easy uh, family hikes around the mountains around here. So get out and go trip around and get some fresh air and, yeah, just just being able to spend time with the girls, man. Especially given this this last year, and uh, I don't think we've managed to kill each other yet during the pandemic. So, if I can just get a day to just kind of, I almost just tag along and whatever they want to do. I'm like, okay, let's do it. You know, it's just uh, if I can get that time to spend with them, then that chop chop it up as a good day. Hmm. You know. Um. Well, any shout outs? Thank yous, my brother. Before. Uh, I get you out of here. We can talk more offline, but uh, anybody you want to recognize that we didn't talk about? Already? Yeah, we, I mean, we talked about a lot of the names, just all of our our good friends that we made over the time, like uh, Talsmas and Tony Petrusis and Mike Smith and Dean, everybody, you know, Avery, Dave McDonald, T-Bone, like we made we had so many good friends i'm missing some oh yeah um but i love everybody that we sort of played with and and you know formed strong relationships with um and all the you know the positive role models and our parents for you're feeling it now i don't have kids but i imagine you are starting to understand the commitment of having you know a a kid and having to bring them to practice probably it's even it's different in the pandemic but then you just have even more commitments like if you're if if aislin has to self-isolate or be home from school then you're in charge of entertaining and teaching this person for the next couple of weeks or something right so it just gives you a sense of like what our parents went through and all the sacrifices that they made to allow us to have like a really awesome childhood like that's how i feel about my my upbringing like it was just awesome i loved it and uh and and so big shout out to everybody who's doing that for their kids um, and that their sacrifices. You know, even if it doesn't seem like they're recognized right now, their kids will. You you find out later what your parents really did for you. Yeah, that's uh, well put, man. I mean, it's just you know you you see things as you get older about what uh, those people do for you, friends, family, and obviously parents and. Uh, you know, so I'll put that out there too. Uh, big shout out to everybody that we know together uh, as friends in the community, other parents, uh, our own parents. I hope uh, your mom, Judy, listens to this, your sister, Caitlin. Uh, big shout out to you guys. I hope everyone's doing well and, uh, you know, appreciate the support over the years. And Robin, I, uh, I appreciate you joining us on Canada Hoops. Much love to you. I mean, I always tell people you'll always be a friend to the podcast, but uh, your friendship and, uh, you know, your brotherhood goes uh, way beyond that. Uh, appreciate you coming on, man. 
Yeah, thanks a lot, man. It's uh, I appreciate just having the opportunity to just spend time thinking and talking about what it was like growing up with you. We had a really good time, and we were backcourt brothers. Like it was always the two of us back there. That's how I see it. I just I don't even I don't no even think about it as just no me doubt. playing basketball. I think about it as us playing basketball. It's sort of just a unit. So yeah, yeah, it's cool. I, I agree. Thanks, man. Well, that wraps up another episode of Canada Hoops. I want to thank my guy, Robin Urquhart, for pulling up. Continue to like and subscribe. Thank you for listening and supporting Canada Hoops. I'm your boy, Maddie. Thank you for listening to Canada Hoops.